I guess in conclusion, I, I would encourage everyone to watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay. It's just, it's such a great show with great actors and I'm excited for both their coming projects. Definitely be talking about that. Oh, what projects do they have, Mel? Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, African Soulmates, a podcast that is dedicated to reviewing Korean dramas, otherwise known as K-dramas. Your hosts are myself, Nomsa, Melissa, and Nolizwe. We love K-dramas, and in this podcast, you can expect to hear all of our criticisms, praise, bashing, and banter about everything K-drama, at least the ones we've watched. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the popular shows of 2020 called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. And I'm really excited for us to get into it because there's so many layers to the show, so many layers to the characters. And um, yeah, so let me start off by asking Melissa to just briefly summarize um, the plot for us, and then we will get into who the characters were and what their stories were. Over to you, Melissa. Um, thank you, Nolizwe. Before I get into it, I just wanted to shout out Sandra, who actually encouraged us to do this review on Instagram. Uh, we were going to do another show, but she was like, this is one of her favorite shows. So thank you, Sandra, for the suggestion. Um, so It's Okay to Not Be Okay is a really fascinating show and it goes against a lot of K-drama stereotypes. It's about a, a children's book writer called Moon Young who uh, has had a traumatic upbringing, childhood, and she meets Gang Tae who works at psychiatric psychiatric hospital. And it's basically about their journey together, both in finding mental wellness and also finding love and then there's a third character that people love called Sang Tae who is Gang Tae's brother and he's autistic and also just going through his journey and their relationships together as a, a triplet is it called a triplet a quadruplet a trio <laughs> a trio <laughs> and they- <laughs> their journey as a trio. So that's what It's Okay to Not Be Okay is about. And it was just a, it's just a great show, but let me not go deep before we start discussing. Awesome, Mel. So I, I really, I think a great next step for us would be to talk about some of the characters that we encountered in the show Um, whose stories either resonated with us or, you know, who infuriated us in just the way they were living out their lives on the screen. Um, So maybe we could start by talking about Ko Moon-young, the the children's book writer, the the female protagonist. And um, I, okay, if I can just start off by saying, I thought she was such a brilliant character you know she's so fabulous she's stylish but she's also all types of you know arrogant entitled mean girl (laughs) um but you know throughout the show we just see her um going from this really hard she comes across as having a really 
thick skin and um, like she just wants to go and probably because throughout her life, you know, she's been by herself, has been going through life by herself. So she comes across as really hardened. Um, and it's just interesting to see how through her her relationships with with Gangte and Sangte, she just she becomes softer or we see more of her her vulnerability. Um, Namsa, what did you think about Munyong and the other characters and how they develop in the in the show? Um, firstly, I didn't even want to watch this show. <laughs> so Melissa said to me, um, I'm watching the show. It's a great show. Please can you watch it with me? And I was like, I looked at the the like the little snapshot of it and it was people in the rain there was an umbrella it was children they look sad it's cold it's okay not to be okay I said girl no I don't want to cry I don't want a sad story I just want to be happy <laughs> so I didn't watch this show I was like oh gosh I'm not here for crying and I think I just finished watching something intense like Sky Castle so I wasn't I wasn't keen on crying um <laughs> But um, I then got into it. I can't remember why I got into it. I think it was because the male lead was um, was really good looking. And I thought, well, let's see what he can do. And he had just, you know, he had just come back from military service. But I think I'll leave Melissa to talk about that. Um, but in terms of the characters themselves, again, why I then ended up watching and getting into it was because of the characters. I really... Um, I initially didn't like Munyong. She's the, she's the one that, like, for me, it's the hate that I love you kind of relationship where I'm like, this, this girl, like, why? Why does she follow this man around? And why does she not to his time? Like, this guy is stressed as it is. Why is, does she feel entitled to his time? So it was kind of like a hate that I love you. I wasn't really rooting for her, but I always wanted to see her on the screen, mainly because her fashion was the dopest fashion ever. Um, loved all her outfits. They were just bold and daring. Um, and they were reflective of the her character. Like she's just a bold and daring person. Doesn't really care what anyone has to say. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching her. I enjoyed like having a hate that I love you and then relationship with her and then that evolving into like okay I actually really like this chicken I'm, and I'm rooting for her um which obviously follows through the character development so I liked her and I, I mean I, I love the characters I think this show has such full characters with whole stories um in and of themselves outside of the lead characters so um, I, I think we'll probably get into more of him, but I, I loved Gang Tae as well. I obviously side-eyed a lot of the things that he was doing. I'll stop there for that. Um, sorry, I wanted to add that Munyong, for me, she was the first um, woman, uh, first woman character that I thought, wow, she's not being portrayed as some damsel in distress. You know, she's so independent. And really, I, it just it there was something so refreshing about seeing um, her character on the screen. And like, yes, you know, sure, I, I know we can label her as as arrogant and all these things, but it's like, no, actually, maybe that's just what a woman who is so um, she's self assured, she's independent, 
um, that's, you know, that, that can rub people the wrong way, but I, I must admit it was really refreshing to see. Um, Melissa, what did you think about Gang Tay? And please tell us just a little bit about the actor who plays him. Sure, Noli, but before um, I talk about Gang Tay, I just want to say that I completely agree with you guys about Moon Yang, but I do think she was a bit of a meanie, like just for the sake of being mean. She was she was a mean girl. <laughs> yes, I am. She was. Yeah, she there was. were times where I was like, why am I rooting for this girl? Like, why is yeah. she? And, you know, I had to remind myself of her trauma to be like, <laughs> okay, okay, I understand her, her motivations, yeah. but I still definitely thought that they they almost took it too far with that character in terms of her just being and I don't care about anyone's feelings besides my own do you have it does she come across as a that problematic friend that you have where you're like you're my homie I want you to do well in life but I also need you to do better Yes, she reminds me of Tony and Girlfriends because that's like the oh. last. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Yes. Oh, Tony is a mess. Yeah. Mess. Like, guys, this is like, there's a, there's, a, there's a part at the start of the show where she physically harms Gangte. That's not okay. Like, it's, no. it's really right. not. Yeah. Um, and I think we just brushed over that because, you know, she's got this endearing character. And I, I say this, like, honestly, I love Moon Young. I think she's such a great character. But I, like I said, they almost took it too far to the point where she might have become a, a Nam Do San. <laughs> so as to Gang Tae, um, I struggled to remember what his job was because I actually think for most of the show, I thought that he was unemployed. He just had unemployed <laughs> vibes. You know, his, back, <laughs> his backpack, always wearing the same shirt. Like, I was just like, Gang Tae, do you have a job? And it's like, I had to remember every Wait. time he was wearing his scrub, his nurse outfit, and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he has a job. He has a job. <laughs> I was actually just about to ask, was it a uniform? That we yes. see him almost always dressed in. <laughs> right? But yes, to the actor who plays Gangte, this was exciting across the K-pop, K-drama K world because it was Kim So-hoon, uh, who is from My Love from a Star. And if anyone knows My Love from a Star, it's pretty much the Titanic of K-drama. I'm still not sure why, but it's a good show. You can get through it. And so he had gone to military service and he came back and this was his, his, his first show. And like, I think he did really well to pick the script because it was, I think if, if not the biggest, it was the second biggest show of 2020 only surpassed by Crash Landing on You um, or maybe The World of the Married, but it was in the top five. So I think it was so cool because a lot of actors have come back from military service and their first show is just like womp womp. So everyone was really <laughs> excited about this. And he did well. And he's such a good actor. Like he just conveys feelings so well. Like he made me want to cry the times that he cried. And he doesn't overdo it by crying every time. And I don't know if this is a choice mm. of the director or his own acting like experience but when he cries you really feel it. it's not like Namdo-san sorry oh Namdo-san 
No, overkill. That was overkill. <laughs> exactly. And then the lead actress who plays Munyang is Soyeji, who she's not that she wasn't that popular up to this point. I think she's had like maybe three or four dramas before that that were popular, but never to this level. And I actually think that it's okay to not be okay is going to just really blow up her career. Um, in my mind, she should be like the female lead to Kim Son Ho from Startup. I think that would be such a great story of great actors who make it in the world after being um, second leads for so long. And then the last guy, just I know I'm, I'm rambling, but Oh Jung Se, who, who plays Sang Tae, the autistic brother, he by far is the best in the show. Like the way he plays that autistic character is so believable that I remember speaking to Noli who this was her first time watching him. And when she saw another show where he was in, it's like, is this even the same character? Is this even the same person? I think that's like the pinnacle of acting when people actually struggle to see you in a different role or because you were so, you're so good in each role that you play. Girl. <laughs> Come, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like jumping in here with so much energy because what Melissa neglected to mention was that Kim Soo Hyun came back with abs of life. He didn't just come back from military service. He came back with the abs of life. So <laughs> that's also why we were excited. It wasn't just like, oh, he's back from military service. It's like, ooh, man's is back with his abs. <laughs> See, I think Kim So Yoon is really cute. Um, he's a pretty boy to me. He's pretty. I, I like to look at his face and I smile. Um, I don't appreciate his looks as much as I do Hyun Bin, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. But yes, I definitely, <laughs> there are just uh, you know, just something I wanted to double click on was just the way he carried his sadness, not just in his facial expressions, but his entire body, yeah. you know, body language. You're just there like, oh, my gosh, what can I do? You need a hug. What is it? Please talk about it. But he's just there walking around. You can tell this is someone who's bottling up a lot of um, his emotions and whatever issues he has man's mm, man had issues he had some deep deep issues and um he's like you know just a pot full of boiling water and you're there trying to hold down the the lid it's like no you just you need to release it let the steam go because wow yeah he was a lot i wondered about the actor who plays Sang Tae, uh, I definitely was blown away when I saw him in a different role. But something that came up for me was, and it's probably, you know, something that comes up in a lot of other shows where you have actors playing um, characters with certain um, disabilities or, or portraying people with living with those, um, you know, mental health illnesses and so on. And so I was just really uh surprised i think that oh wait this is someone who doesn't actually have autism um and so just something i wondered to myself was are there you know 
people from the mental health field who watch this and say, okay, he's um, portraying this role with dignity and accuracy, or are they there judging him like, wow, mm. he just didn't do such a good job? Or, you know, is he adding to the stigma um, or actually helping people to gain an understanding of um, of this disease? Yeah, so it's just something I wondered about. Yeah, that's all right, Noli. I'm out here like, ooh, best acting ever. And, you know, there's someone with autism, like, that ain't it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I would love to like know what people who are either autistic or work in the mental health field think about his acting so such a great contribution to thinking about that show um Mel I I'm and I might be mistaken but did you not tell me <laughs> as you do from time to time that he um the actor who acted as Sante actually spent time um, with an autistic um, person and actually showed the show to watch the show with the autistic person. And I think he actually got feedback, a lot of feedback. So he did quite a lot of research um, on, on autism and he spent time with, with um, a different, I think one autistic person in particular. And I think um, someone who actually, who was autistic, who actually then watched the show who um, actually then also appraised his performance on the show. I do remember receiving this piece of information and I want to say I got it from Melissa because that's where I get most of my information. Um, but I could be wrong. Like I cannot <laughs> confirm and deny that story, but it feels like it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I also vaguely remember something like that. So there must have been you know, something written about it out there yeah. that our researcher extraordinaire, Melissa, um, <laughs> got a hold of and conveyed to us. It's just our Instagram friends who I stay following who have all this info. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Um, I, while we're, we're on that, um, I actually wanted to ask, since we are talking about characters and character development, I do want to hear a little bit about what you guys thought of your favorite and worst characters and the character development from when we first meet them um, up until right at the end when we're on episode 16. Um, love to hear your thoughts on that. So, I mean, like, just like Noli said, there's, there's so many rich characters in the show. Like, when I think about who's my favorite, I can't even tell you because there were so many good characters. I don't even think I have a worst character, to be honest. But the ones that stand out to me, uh, the uh, Miss O, I think was her name, Nurse O, if I remember correctly. Or was it Nurse Park? I think it was Nurse Park. She's a, a character in the show and she works at the psych psych psychiatric hospital just her character development was a bit surprising um and i just want to say to our viewers that i said it in like episode three and all my friends namsa and noli didn't believe me but what happened came to pass i'm not even sure if that's a, a spoiler that might be a spoiler so apologies but she <laughs> she was such a great character and the way that they built her up. Another favorite was Jesu, who was Gangte's best friend. He was just a lovable, like 
just always there for gang day and say like, I everyone in their lives wishes they have have a friend like uh, like Jesu because of how problematic gang Tay was as a person at the start of the show and when i say problematic i mean what noli was saying that is just boiling water and he's just trying to keep the lid closed and he won't let anyone in and he has so many problems and he's just like sad all over the place and he's just not trying to resolve things and like if i was jesu i would have quit my friend a long time ago and be like you have a lot of baggage and you need to talk to someone about it because you're always on edge so that character development for me um when you put it together with gang tay was amazing that he was there with him the whole time and he's just like a viewer cuz he saw him then start to open open up as munyang forced him to open up and talk about his feelings and talk about his scars and just heal oh what a healing show i felt healed mm-hmm. at the end of it's okay to not be okay all the feelings that you feel from beginning to end there's no escaping them at all because with each episode you're really just taken to the edge um and jesu was also a favorite of mine i think he he brought a lightness like a levity to the show in some of those moments where you're just like wow that was a lot and then there he would come with his silly self and his um you know his little rivalry i mean it wasn't really a rivalry but i really found it so adorable when they would ask each other like oh who do you like more um gangte or me or you know like so between gangte sangte and jesu asking each other who do you like more this other person or me and yeah it was it was adorable um in a lot of those moments another character i really just found so hilarious was Mr. Lee who is Munyong's character uh, sorry Munyong's manager <laughs> he's such a, such a bizarre man because you know technically he is the boss he is the one in charge but he's trying to get his writer to get um her book done you know he's but she's such a frustrating um writer and he's just like how he's going above and beyond to make sure she has everything she needs but then she's not delivering on what she's supposed to be doing right but at the same time she is if i remember correctly she is the the big star of of their company like her book or books um have brought in a lot of money and so it's just fascinating to see how when she takes off you know leaves the big city he follows her and he's trying everything he can to get her back um but apart from that silliness or maybe beneath it you know you can tell that this is someone who actually cares very deeply about Munyong you know he has an idea of the kind of life she's had and he's he, he just wants her to to win and to do well but also he he has bills to pay he's trying to cash those checks and her winning means he wins as well um yeah and he has a a really funny relationship with his assistant um i'm just forgetting her name right now but you can tell that she pushes him a lot <laughs> and so it it's interesting just to see how um they keep each other or she the assistant keeps him uh grounded in a lot of ways and just yeah she humbles him 
in, in many ways. So I, I enjoyed seeing those exchanges on the screen. Namsa, who are your favorite characters? Oh, I have so many. Um, okay. Um, you guys have mentioned them. Um, I do want to say that I completely agree with, with Noli that Yang Tae um, really carries his sadness so well. Like from the get-go, he just, I immediately can tell that I'm like, wow, this man is sad. <laughs> this, this man is carrying so much baggage from like episode one, minute one, you can tell. So um, kudos to him for, for really portraying that well. But my favorite characters were Juri's mom. I really liked her. She's like the Atticus Finch. She's the voice of reason in there um, and really fills the gaps um, for some of, because at the end of the day, these characters, they almost just come across as like kids who never really grew up or were never really given the chance to grow up or develop in the way that they wanted to because they were carrying such heavy traumas from their childhood and, and were forced to grow up before they, they wanted to or had to or, or would have liked to. And so they're carrying that. And so because of that, they didn't go through the normal motions that children would go through and I love Juri's mom because she kind of comes in and, and really just identifies that actually these are just all a bunch of kids who need to deal with their stuff. Um, and she, she comes in every now and again and calls them out on nonsense because <laughs> they, they, like, they all just can just get so nonsensical. And it's just like, what are you doing? This isn't even mentally healthy. So she comes in and she just calls them out on these at different stages. And I don't think there's a single person in the show that she didn't call out at some point where she was like, stop it. <laughs> or just telling them like, is this really how you want to live your life? Or, or maybe the perspective you have right now is a biased perspective. Like she was definitely the, like the voice of reason. And I love that about her. I also really loved Gang Tae and Sang Tae's mom. Um, she was cameos, but I, I just liked, I liked it. I liked how her story developed and how we start off kind of judging her. And at the end of it, we're like, wow, we get it. Um, and, and feel really sad for her as well. Um, and of course, Jesu, of course, Munyong. I love that Munyong calls Gang Tae out on his, his, all of his nonsense. Because I think for the most part, when you see Gang Tae with his autistic brother, you think that the person who we all need to focus on and help to heal is, is Sangte because he's autistic and we must all go around eggshells on him. And then halfway through the show, I'm like, you know what, actually, Sangte, I actually, I can roll with Sangte. Gangte needs help, <laughs> real help. Like, sir, it's not like so many unresolved issues, so many things that he would, and, and, and it just made him incapable of functioning well in relationships. Oh, another character I forgot to mention that I really enjoyed was the director of the hospital, of the psychiatric hospital. Um, I just found his, uh, his techniques, I guess, you know, just his practice to be uh, so fascinating, just the way he was able to interact with um, the different patients at the hospital and also... Um, form this bond with Sang Tae and help him to um, 
to tap into his trauma, right? And then find ways of, um, I think he played such a critical role in helping the brothers to, um, to find, to reach a healthier point in their relationship, because I think they're so codependent and, you know, it's something that they've experienced throughout their lives. Um, and there are all sorts of resentment and bitterness that's not dealt with, I think. Um, but the, the director is, you know, with his humor and just silliness, um, I, I really appreciate how he then helps us to see Sangte as independent from his brother. Um, and also, you know, we get a, Gangte learns from this as well, right? Because it's also like, stop coddling your brother. He is, he is a, you know, a whole human. He has his feelings, his own thoughts and, you know, just let him be. I love how you said there was, you know, unresolved resentment um, between um, the brothers. And oftentimes we, we look at um, Gangte's unresolved resentment because he's, he's taking care of his autistic brother. And so he finds it difficult to express his, um, when he's frustrated, when he's unhappy, when he's hurt, he finds it difficult to express that because he sees himself primarily as the, the caregiver and the only person that Sangte has. So he doesn't feel that he's, he can ever express um, any kind of negative emotions towards his brother. And I think that's evident, obviously. I think that that's, that's something that you can pick up very quickly um, from the show. But I'm starting to wonder if, to a certain extent, Sante didn't feel the same way. Um, you know, kind of, here's your brother who's been taking care of you for the longest time. Um, and when he would feel coddled or he would feel um, hurt or he would feel like this isn't fair, if he sometimes struggled to express that as well because of carrying the weight of like, my younger brother actually takes care of me. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe they both struggled with that because it's easy to see it in, in Gangte, but I'm now starting to like, maybe Sante also felt that way. Like, I think he expressed it. He probably was uh, learned faster than Gangte how to express his um, negative emotions towards particularly against and towards Gangte. Um, but I wonder if he struggled with that as well internally. Wow, Domsa, that felt like a literature review. Damn girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know I get deep. You know I get deep. <laughs> I was like, wow, please can we submit this to Cambridge? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Um, but yeah, completely. I'm just, I'm just being sassy, but completely agree with everything you just said. That relationship was just beautiful to see grow between Gangte and Sangte. I think they both learned so much from each other when they originally thought that they had it figured out. I think that was the, the right. They thought they had it set. The way they treated yeah. each other worked. The way their relationship worked. And then Munyang came and be like, came and she was like, this is messed up. Whatever is happening. <laughs> she really, wow. Yeah. You need to fix this. She shook things up. She, she really shook it. things up. Like, you know, somebody who comes in and like flips the table, like this yeah. is, like, that's what, that's what Munyang 
payment did. Um, Mal, just wanted to add there that I remember the, the actually off the screen, the, the two actors that had the best chemistry were indeed Gangte and Sangte. So um, off screen, they had they they speak about this in interviews as well that they had they they had really good chemistry, um, and it kind of comes out in the show in that like off screen and on screen they they actually had the best chemistry on the on the show of the show at least that's what they say. <laughs> um, I wanted to say last thing for me that I really enjoyed about the show is how they weaved in um, Moon Young's books to speak about their relationship and mental health issues. And I really wow. enjoyed Munyong's storybooks. Like I, I actually Googled how to buy them. I know I get so obsessed. I Me was, too. <laughs> how do I? And then found out that they're only in Korean right now. But I just felt like they were really good books for kids. I know they were a little bit dark, but they just had a way of weaving in that morality or or that lesson in a way that was really engaging and exciting. I thought the writers were really smart in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Yeah, Mel, what you're saying about, you know, the, the books being a little dark, for me, it was almost like, okay, but actually, you know, you have kids who experience that kind of darkness in their lives from early on. And so it's just, there's a, a part of me that felt, wow, I hope this speaks to, you know, some child out there, but also the the big kids, as Namsa called them, the big kids who've been forced to grow up really quickly um, and haven't experienced the childhood that, you know, one imagines because of trauma or whatever other issues. And so it's like, as an adult who reads these stories, is there a way you might be like, wow, I can, you know, can I feel some kind of resolution or can I seek healing after reading this kind of story? Um, I also just really liked the, the, the device that was used. Cause in the beginning we see it starting off like, um, is it, is it CGI? I forget what it is, but they're animated characters. Right. And when I rewatched the first episode, I, I just, Knowing now what the whole story was about, it was fascinating to me how there's so much of the plot in that first episode. And obviously when you, it's only now when I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, um, this character represents Moon Young and she talks about the relationship that she goes on to have with, with Gang Tae. And so, yeah, just echoing what you're saying that it was such a smart tool to use um it was a smart storytelling uh device i agree with melissa the, the books were amazing um i loved the books because they didn't treat children as though they're dumb <laughs> it's writing to children and it's like you're you're a kid but that doesn't mean you're dumb in fact you have a ways to reason um you have the faculties of being able to reason and to think through things you go through hard things you go through easy things um and you're experiencing life and maybe that life is happening on the playground but you know you've got stuff going on too and i think that the, the books just do a good job of of not babying children and even when young is 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 just about like not babying things like not making things like babyish just because you're young. <laughs> it's like, I don't have to dumb anything down. You can understand me. It's 
it's fine. Um, so I, I enjoy that. And Mal, I would totally buy the book as well, even in Korean. So <laughs> I'm that person. Motivation. A Korean storybook in her shell. <laughs> and then someone asked me and I'll be like, oh, this whole thing? Let me tell you. <laughs> Ladies, I want to know, what didn't you like about the show, though? Um, what I didn't like will come in the spoilers. So guys, uh, to the listeners, if you are not here, um, please just tune in to the spoilers after we've given our ratings. I think I'll discuss what I didn't like in the spoilers as well. Might be same thing, but yeah. Nam says, is, is what you didn't like available to the public? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. <laughs> it's a spoiler. <laughs> okay, so then should we give her, give our ratings? Before yeah. I give my ratings, just a shout out, because you know me, I'm the the girl just a shout out to the music um <laughs> there's one song called psycho <laughs> psycho that that's like min young's like theme song because she's crazy shout out to that song but also to um some of the really great um falsetto voices that come in there with the sad scenes um that i absolutely love i i love the music in this as well of course i love all the music no, I think um, it's okay to not be okay. It's one of the shows where the whole so- uh, official soundtrack, like the whole track list is really good. Like, you know, in some of these shows, there's like one or two or if at most three songs that you're vibing with. I found myself listening to that whole soundtrack because it was so good. It was just so melodramatic. <laughs> like it really fits their characters. In- yeah. It was just full of drama. Yeah. The music for me, again, just elevated those feelings. It's like you might have had a little, you know, I was like, oh, that was a sad moment. And then you hear the music and now you are just wallowing in the sadness. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Already the acting took me there. Now the the music, the song has pushed me over the edge. Um, And I think that speaks to just, yeah, as you're saying, the uh, just great selection of of the instrumentals and the voices and just oh the sounds yeah it was great I also enjoyed the music my fave is Breathe by Sam Kim just putting it out there if anyone is interested Breathe by Sam Kim Isn't that beautiful? And, and, and all the love scenes that happened between Minyong and Gangte, which, by the way, I don't even think we even spoke about any of the love scenes that happened because we're so focused on the, the mental health and mental wellness aspect. Guys, there's a whole love story happening underneath all of this, and it's, it's great. 
Um, so if you are into romance, please do watch it as well for the romance. You will get your romance fix in the show. Yeah, girl. The romance was was stellar. Like um I find my I found myself rooting for for the relationship. Um and you don't always root for the relationship because there's some toxic male leads and female leads out there. And I know Munyang was a little bit toxic, but um I thought that was a great romantic story about how they found each other. And I think that's a great segue to my rating. It's okay to not be okay. Actually is a 4.8 for me. I after this conversation I realized that I rated higher than Crash Landing on You, which I know gasps across the nations. But <laughs> <laughs> I I rated a 4.8 because I feel like it's so multi-dimensional in its storytelling. It's a story about brothers and how they find healing in their relationship. It's a, a story about how love can heal, you know, between um the leads. It's a story about mental health and mental wellness. It's a story about relationships between um children and their parents. There's so many angles and they managed to explore all those angles quite deeply through through 16 episodes. You know, secretary secretary Kim could never. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Food. <laughs> No need to go it. there, Mal. Don't go there. I love that. Don't go there. We're still PSJ fans. We love he might, PSJ. He might listen to this one, to, you know, one day. We don't need him <laughs> hearing the shade. No shade, no shade. But yeah, it's a 4.8 and I think it's just a lovely, lovely story. I didn't give it a 5 because of Munyong's like toxic behavior sometimes. That's the only thing um that made me doubt it and a bit of what I'll talk about in the spoiler. Cool. I give it a 4.7 um Korean fried chicken pieces because well really just for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned Mel, I think the storytelling, the cinematography, the the music, the character development um were all things that really helped to situate you the viewer in the lives of these characters and you know just get get deep in your feelings um and yeah it was it was beautiful to see the resolution of um all the different people's issues and um I especially enjoyed, you know, the, just having such a a powerful female lead. Um and then I think what why I didn't give it full points is well, I'll talk about it in the spoiler segment. But yeah, generally I thought this was such a well-done movie. And again, we, we watched this, if I remember correctly, this was one of our Netflix watch parties. And so yes ma'am you know yeah so we're watching this we're in lockdown P- people in life you know are just going through our own mental health journeys and um there was for me just a little bit of 
of healing to be drawn from the, the ritual of watching this show together and talking about it afterwards um, while the characters are also on their own journey. So I think, yeah, it really just, it stayed with me for a long time and it was very well done. Um, for me, yes, I agree. I was in Nolizwe's DMs for the longest time after every episode, just going on and on. If, as, as Melissa said, I give like these literature reviews, just going on and on. <laughs> thoughts about all of this and bless Noli's heart she really indulges all my literature essays on episodes but as for um rating I would give it a 4.7 um and because for all the reasons that you guys have mentioned and the 0.3 it lost out because the first two episodes for me were a little weird I almost quit the show after the first two episodes I I just couldn't like you can't tell that it's going to get as deep and as lovely as it's going to get, at least for me, I couldn't tell from the first two episodes. So the first two episodes, if anyone has, has watched the first two episodes and just like, what? Please, you're not alone. I'm there with you, but keep going, keep pushing. It gets so good. Um, I know a few people felt that way. So it gets minus 0.3 for that. And because Mr. Lee did not get the ending I wanted for him as well. And because a spoiler, which I will mention. I guess in conclusion, I, I would encourage everyone to watch It's Okay to Not Be Okay. It's just, it's such a great show with great actors. And I'm excited for both their coming projects. Definitely be talking about that. Oh, what projects do they have, Mel? Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Please. This is this is the things that people love to listen to. That is the podcast. I'm dying. Why did you mention it? <laughs> I don't care what the, what it is. I just, We're just excited, excited for that. Yeah. The way you said it, Mel. The way you said it was as though you knew what projects are coming. Like with PSJ, you know what what what's coming. Like you always know what he's doing next. So I thought you had the intel. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Noms, I don't really. It would take me some time to find out. But I just love Kim So-hoon and um, the, the girl. And I think... <laughs> the gal. <laughs> From here on out, it's spoilers and nothing but spoilers. All right, let's get into the spoilers. Who wants to start? I think we were talking about how the spoiler is what we didn't like about the show. Does anyone want to start? Start us, Melissa. You are in the driver's seat. Lead us. I think it's the same thing for the three of us. I just didn't get the mom storyline. I thought there were so many plot holes right. in how she wasn't dead and she came back and she had plastic surgery and she looked totally different. It was just mm. problematic for me. I didn't think mm -hmm. it made complete sense. Like I mm -hmm. see where they were going with it, but she was just too different for them mm -hmm. to say that it was the same person. And I thought yeah. they, they tried too hard to surprise us. And in, in yeah. the need to surprise us, they ruined just like the logical flow of the show. Obviously, <laughs> it, was, it was quite shocking that uh, the nurse was the mom. I thought that was brilliant. But to then explain it by saying plastic surgery, I was like, stop. And then she looks like a freaking like plastic doll. She can't look that different from 
Munyang's right. mom. I just, yeah, that whole that whole storyline. There's so many holes within it that I was just like, bye, Felicia. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did she survive being dumped in the bottom of a lake in a bag, in a black bin bag, in a body bag? Uh-huh was put at the bottom of a lake and somehow sis survived enough to get plastic surgery where she get the money from where did she get the money and yeah enough like what enough i mean first of all you should have died you should have died now you're coming back here surgery you have money you have a nice car Uh -uh, uh uh-uh that doesn't make sense and you're now but you're also just working this job you know you know you're the head nurse in this psych ward um psych hospital and like yes Munyong's dad was there but I'm just like why why are you even here what is going on I just and also just for me the switch up from um I guess when she's revealed right she goes from head nurse uh that gets along with everyone and she's just dressed like a nurse is and then boom switch up she's rolling in her fancy car got her hair done did makeup this and that and I'm just like huh guys no 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 I'm not I'm not entirely sold on how this character is the one who is Munyang's mom. But Mel, you called it. You called it from early on. And probably my reluctance, not that I didn't believe you, but in my mind, I was like, how, but how and why, (laughs) you know? So anyway, maybe sometimes there's no need for big, big, big surprises. If you can guess it, then. (laughs) and you know talking about her job Noemi why was she in the psychiatric hospital for me it's like being a nurse is not like a five like let me go get a bachelor's at some low stakes degree for two years like it Mm. takes a while to become a nurse how did she get the job yeah I was just so confused by that whole storyline yo but that Mm. actress can do evil shucks so well yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, shout out to that actress because she does evil really well. I believe when she went evil, like, and her full colors were coming out and the smile and, like, just the, the rage within her, um, the vindictiveness, she did that, like, top notch. She was, she was really good at that. Yeah. She really went from being this angelic character, you know, so full of empathy and compassion towards Mm. her patients, her colleagues, and then boom, it was a complete like Jekyll and Hyde transformation because you're like, wow, (laughs) how are you walking around these halls, these hallways, you know, just being the one that everyone looks up to. And then next thing it's like, wow, how is she sitting on all that, you know, negativity and just evil day to day? Like how, how is it even possible? Mm, I don't know. Mm, yeah. I think, I think it would have been even more believable if she was just a crazy nurse who found out about Munyong's family and then just decided to stalk them. That would have been more believable than her being the dead, supposedly dead mom. It was like, yeah that's true um I think but also when I go back when I realize that she's evil then I would go back and rewatch scenes that she's in there and it suddenly starts to look like affectation instead of like like sincerity you know so like you read it in but I think Mel again caught on to the affectation part of her character like this woman oh is she 
really being nice is she actually mocking these people which which mm-hmm. there's a line and she actually straddles it so well because that's when mel started to pick up on it because she's like wait is this that's real but yeah and I just want to say my other, I'm really, I was really upset that Mr. Lee did not even get a kiss from Jury. <laughs> didn't get anything. Like what? What? Come on. No, so if I can say what I, I absolutely loved about the relationship between Mr. Lee and Jury is that he was almost, um, he was just there as a character to help her be her true self right like for me I was glad like she didn't need to end up in a relationship you know like because there'd be some kind of you know transferring these emotions she's had for uh for Gangte now to this new guy just because there's a new guy for me it was more of a okay girl like step out of this oppressive love that you've had for this you know, this unrequited love you've had for this guy and just just be you and Mr. Lee played this role of like um showing her or reminding her that actually she is a catch she is a badass and she doesn't need some guy who's not gonna love her back and Mm. you know yeah so I I appreciated that about the way their characters were set up I would say my final thing is I like I feel like it's okay to not be okay surprisingly has people who love it or they hate it. I've seen some really bad reviews um, about the show. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and apparently they got a warning because they were they were straddling the lines too much. The the whole show got a warning for, for sexual like, harassment, indecency, sexual harassment, yeah. or something like that. Sexual something harassment like, for portraying sexual har- harassment and almost normalizing sexual harassment from a female from a female to a male because you know the scene where Munyang like touches Gangte's chest oh in the locker or whatever yes it was like oh my goodness the normal sexual harassment and also people saying that they are trivializing mental health um Mm. yeah Mm. there's there's a lot of like opinion around like the mental health stuff I'm sure people within the mental health field have opinions but again even within that communities across the board on how people responded to it Mm. but yeah honestly that's encouraging sorry to hear I know that's weird thing to say but that's encouraging to hear because it means that people are having dialogue about it right um and people are talking Mm. about and and it is provoking conversation which I think it was trying to do um and I think that's a good start and if it didn't do a good job I'm so glad that there's people who can come out and actually say it and actually then direct us to like okay so what is a good job and and what are the good resources so kudos Mm. to being out so what can filmmakers learn from this right in in their next attempts to make shows around mental health and whatever other issues are flagged yeah so hope you guys listen or hope you guys watch the show and enjoy it loved it's okay to not be okay i've said this like a million times i think this is the one show i've gushed over (laughs) and uh to all our listeners keep listening to finally find the show that melissa gives five stars because if you've noticed she hasn't given a five-star review yet Oh my gosh, it's been like three shows. 
Thank you for joining us this week on African Soulmates. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify and Google Podcasts so you don't miss new episodes every other week. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend about the show and introduce us to a new soulmate. Thank you.